This is the Monday, April 5th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. What a huge weekend of college hoops. And we'll get into tonight's uh, game in just a moment. Quick note, though, if you're listening to this in the Daily Wager feed, thanks for being with us. If you're listening in the Behind the Bets feed and you like what you hear today, take a second, subscribe by heading over to the Daily Wager podcast where you can listen to us give picks every single day, posted late morning, early afternoon, in and out in 10 minutes. So settle in and we'll get you uh, the best of the best so far so you don't have to wait till the evening Daily Wager show. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am Doug Kazarian alongside Tyler Fulgham and Joe Fortenbaugh. And, you know, we all play hurt these days, but Joe, you're basically, like, you're playing beyond hurt right now. The allergies have had their effect, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> seeing you go sockless today, all that ankle meat out there, yeah. it's got me feeling quite good, Doug. Yeah, Tyler does it intentionally, and he pulls it off because he's way cooler. <laughs> me, I wore flip-flops to work today and then forgot socks. <laughs> They're in my trunk, if that if that uh, helps at all, which it does not. So yeah, we're about to go on the air here, but taping this from the Daily Wager Studios. And, you know, it, it was honestly, I, I never get like this because it's sports and I don't try to yeah, but I do feel bad that one team had to lose Saturday. I never say that, but just that game was incredible. Credit to Mark Few not calling the timeout, having his team push the ball up the court. UCLA never got set defensively, and as a result, Jalen Suggs got a great look at that basket, which is going to go down in all-time history. I, I do think in my lifetime that's the best college basketball game I've ever seen. I was alive for – you know, the, the Duke-UNLV matchup. But this one just seemed like both teams played their A-plus, best possible game they could play. Both teams shot 58% from the floor. It was back and forth. Juze was making so many difficult shots, pulling up from the mid-range. You're like, no, don't take us, and it's nothing but net. And then Gonzaga is just a, a force on the other end. It was, it was NBA-quality playoff basketball in March Madness, in a Final Four game, the best college basketball I've seen in my lifetime. The shot-making was incredible. It was well-played. It was a tight game throughout. UCLA, obviously a double-digit dog, 14-point dog, even cut to 15 at some places. But they were right there, and the non-Juzang and Hawkeyes guys made plays, yep. too. Yep. And, Riley. And, and, and the plays down the stretch, whether it be the charge by Gonzaga and or when UCLA went down five out of a timeout, three-ball stop, bucket, and – it was just an incredible, well-played game, just very polished from both teams. Suggs will always be remembered for knocking down that bucket, but the block followed by the incredible assist, one-hand whip pass in transition was one of the best plays I've seen all year. Yeah, two minutes to go, too. It was such a key point of the game as well. So that means we get the, you know, Baylor gets the uh, survives in advance, and we <laughs> now get the matchup we wanted. Uh, understandably, this number was coming down from the advance line. We thought the advanced, the advanced lines were like six, and obviously what we last saw on Saturday, Baylor domination, and then Gonzaga struggling against a UCLA team is expected to handle. So that we're now at four and a half and some fours. I lean Baylor. I just wonder if there's an overreaction to the Baylor side from what we saw Saturday. I think Gonzaga is going to be ready to rock, but I couldn't fault anyone for betting Baylor. I think ultimately the direction I'm going to find myself going is the over in this game. Gonzaga's averaging 86 points per game through regulation, five tournament games. Number one in offensive efficiency, number seven in tempo. Baylor has the depth. Baylor has the versatility. Baylor has the explosion on offense to be able to keep pace with them in this game. And you see Gonzaga, they can score against anybody, but they get beat in transition often. UCLA was able to get up and down the court 
And when you look at Gonzaga, you have only had two overs in five tournament games. But that's because the opposition has not been able to keep up. I think Baylor's able to keep up tonight. I think this game is an absolute shootout. I'm going to go over 159.5. Yeah, I lean towards Baylor as well like you, Doug. As a matter of fact, when I filled out my bracket, I had these two, uh, you know, three weeks ago, meeting up in the championship game, and I had the final being 81-76 Gonzaga. A five-point spread there. However, after seeing the way that Baylor has played in this tournament and remembering back to the beginning of this college basketball season, we considered these two on even playing field. It would have been a pick'em type game if they played on a neutral court. Maybe a one or two point spread. So right now I think it's just there's some value there with Baylor at plus four and a half because they have the athletes to compete with Gonzaga, as you pointed out, both on the offensive end and the defensive end. They can guard. They'll be able to guard Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, maybe Drew Timmy to a lesser degree because they're not that big in the paint, and they can trade threes for twos. We know Baylor likes to shoot the, the ball, and they do it officially from downtown. Gonzaga likes to get in the paint and score twos. So I do think I lean Baylor at plus four and a half, and with the athleticism and maybe the stakes at hand, I'm kind of on the opposite end, Joe. I've been awful with my totals here, so take it for what it's worth, but I'd go under 159 and a half thinking both teams can have the athletes to guard and make the other team a little less efficient. The one play I'm going to make is team total for Baylor over. I'm confident in their ability to score. They lead the nation. Entire nation in three-point shooting percentage, 41 and change, something along those lines. And I just think with their athleticism and their pace, they're going to get some looks. Uh, what you were mentioning earlier, like they'll run, and they want to run because I think if there is an Achilles heel to this Gonzaga defense, and I know it's opponent adjusted and their efficiency's up there, but I don't think they protect the rim. I t- I've talked about it before. They haven't really faced opponents that can do that and you saw UCLA was singling the the defenders around the block and it wasn't exactly Juzang on the block it was going to some of the lesser heralded players but they were getting buckets because I don't think they can rim protect I think Scott Drew's going to want to run I think he's going to want to get a volume of possessions and I think he's going to attack the rim uh put you know make the ref call some fouls or just easy buckets for Gonzaga who's kind of almost like an NBA team like lets a bucket in we'll just grab the ball out of the hoop and try to run it back down your throat so I'm confident in Baylor's ability to score. Now, can Gonzaga score and maybe cover? That I just don't want to even bother sweating out a side or, or total. Uh, for, I just want Baylor to score. I think they'll get to 80 points and then some. There's a great prop market tonight as well because it's a national championship game. I'm looking at Baylor guard Davian Mitchell over five and a half assists. It's even money, which I'm still trying to figure out why it's priced that way. He's averaging six assists per game through five tournament games. He had 11 assists against Houston, six assists against Arkansas, eight assists against Wisconsin. Tonight, this game is going to be up-tempo. They're going to be flying up and down the court. The bookmakers set the total at 159.5. So if you're telling me this is a guy who's averaging six assists per game and this is going to be the fastest and probably highest-scoring game he's played in this tournament, I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. I think he can not only hit his average, I think he can exceed it. I'm going over five-and-a-half assists, Davion Mitchell. Yeah, similarly, even though I like the under a little bit, Drew Timmy over 21-and-a-half points is something I think that can be a focal point for that Gonzaga offense. We know how efficient he is in the paint. He's averaging 22 per game in this tournament during five games, shooting 64% from the field, and he's eclipsed 22 points or more in four of the five games he's played up to this point. So he's got a good track record, and I just don't see anyone on Baylor's team. They don't have a big seven-footer with agile feet down there. They don't have an Evan Mobley to make him less efficient. So I think Timmy is going to be the guy they throw the ball to when they need a bucket, and he's done that all tournament long. Yeah, Vital was in foul trouble the other day. He could have some foul trouble as well. He's a little undersized for being a big man against a guy like Timmy. I like Meyer over. Uh, comes off the bench. Eight and a half points feels low for a guy who's going to get clean looks given his height. Uh, excellent shooter. And when he plays well, he's out there a little bit longer. So I, I, I agree. I think your, re, your assist prop was the one that caught my eye. That's well done. You, you got me onto it, as I should say. 
but I like Meyer as well. All right, anything in the NBA catching our interest? There's still a lot up for grabs when we do this in the morning. Injuries and everything, so take it with a grain of salt. Utah and Dallas tonight, I like the under, 223 points. Utah's third in defensive rating this season. We know how solid they've been, but look at Dallas climbing up the standings on the defensive side. They were bottom 10 for a good portion of the season. They're now 13th in defensive rating. Both teams rank in the bottom half of the league when it comes to pace. Two previous meetings this season, neither game went over 221 points, and neither team's played since Saturday, so you know they're rested. They're going to have the fresh legs on the defensive end. Jazz Mavericks under 223. Yeah, I'm going to play an under as well in the association. I like doing it because this is the team that is great defensively and plays at a methodical pace, and that is the Phoenix Suns. Last night when I was looking at this line, it was 217, 218. It shot up to 222. I don't know why, but that makes me feel more comfortable against the Houston Rockets. We know the Rockets are a mess. Uh, They have guys in and out of the lineup, and they're a capable offensive team, but not against a squad like Phoenix that will be at full um, they'll be at full um, uh, strength. strength was the word I'm looking for. Dang. Thank you there, Brother Joe. So uh, I like under 222 if it keeps climbing, keep buying it because I think this is a game that Phoenix wins 110 to 95 type and there's a particular player prop I like since Houston has no size whatsoever outside of Christian Wood. DeAndre Ayton, one of the best rebounders in the NBA, over 10.5 rebounds against an undersized team in the Houston Rockets. If Christian Wood is in foul trouble or something like that, Ayton should have no problem getting well into the double digits in this matchup as long as he gets the minutes. He's been playing well enough to earn that um, from the coaching staff. So over 10.5 boards for DeAndre Ayton is one of my favorite player props on the NBA card. couple games uh, caught my eye. I like the over in the Kings-T-Wolves game. I mean, it's 234.5 for a reason, but... Kings are an absolute mess. Uh, they've demonstrated it uh, recently, and the Lakers opened up a can on them on Friday, and the T-Wolves for obvious reasons. But the game I'm uh, strangely liking the most is not only am I laying points with the Detroit Pistons, but I'm going to lay points on the road with the Detroit <laughs> Pistons, which is hard to do, and I think there's only one team up for the challenge of that, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder, who've lost by a combined 85 points in two games this weekend. That's a rough weekend. Uh, they got smacked on Saturday by the Blazers and then also on Friday by the Phoenix Suns. And the only time they really win is when the team just completely like mails it in. Like, like Toronto last week that was up, I think, 8 or 10 at halftime and then just only scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. Just a mess of a performance. Otherwise, this Thunder team is completely overmatched. Horford's done for the year in terms of just uh, resting, if you will. And then they have, it, they're just kind of a G League, borderline G League team. I think the Pistons are actually pretty decent at times. Uh, so I'll lay three, which I feel is a short number. I know it's on the road, but I, I just I, I I don't think they're a team that mails it in, right? Like I think you're going to get their effort because there's a bunch of guys fighting for contracts, stuff like that. Uh, they should win this game by like double digits or something like that. You mentioned that Phoenix OKC game Friday night. I think Phoenix was up by 30 in the second quarter. <laughs> that game was like 43 to 13 at one point. Yeah, no, we've had some uh, ridiculous blowouts. Yes. Van Gundy and Jackson were talking about it on the broadcast yesterday with the Lakers Clippers game. Uh, like the like the Warriors game, uh, uh, that was a, just a beatdown. What was crazy? My favorite stat on that one was Warriors were only down one after the first. They were right there. <laughs> Rest of the game, not so much. All right, fellas, uh, enjoy the game tonight. Um, should be a great one. It's the matchup we've all really wanted. To be fair, um, so uh, hopefully they uh, deliver just much like UCLA and Gonzaga delivered on Saturday evening. Please do us a favor. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Daily Wager podcast. Helps us out a bunch. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, again, every weekday, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, around you know noon Eastern, 1 p.m. Eastern, something along those lines, in and out in 10 minutes. <laughs>